I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And you are welcome along to the latest episode of the Huddle Breakdown with James here as host and my good friend Alan Morrison from Celtic by Numbers. Uh, good morning from me, Alan. We're recording a little early for me here on a Tuesday, early Tuesday morning. Um, I think you're already, what, four pints into your lunch? Is that is that where we're at? <laughs> it's a normal, a normal Tuesday. It's difficult yeah. to actually tell what time of day it is. We've settled into, I think, two weeks of gloom and drizzle. <laughs> Autumn is officially here. Well, yeah. we nearly got flooded out last week, so it's an improvement. <laughs> well, we're we're here to discuss um, and decompose and analyze the four-one uh, victory at Tyne Castle on the weekend against that uh, colossus of managerial talent that um, was hired in in Edinburgh. Um, and then we're going to look ahead to tomorrow's Champions League game against Atletico Madrid. Um, I mentioned to you before we went live, I have a confession to make. My uh, attention was distracted a bit during the game. I was watching the game on my phone. We had a family obligation. Uh, and I was actually in the midst of a, you can see, I was in a salon run by my three nieces who were uh, ranging in ages of seven to two. Uh, so I've gotten the color out of my balding head when they did my hair, but uh, my nails are still done. So for those watching on YouTube, you can see the glorious, um, uh, you know, you being a good uncle, you have to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, it looks gonna, a bit faded. I think you've got, I think you've got to go full, full color. Yes. Know, yes. Well, it. layer it on. Yeah. I didn't select the colors either. So I left them for full, full. I don't think that's your color. color. I mean, I think in principle, <laughs> it's a great idea. I just don't think that's your color. I don't think I have a color, to be honest with you, Alan, the way I look. But, um, well, let's move ahead here. Uh, th- this was one of those games where um, it was an obliteration statistically, I think, if we, we look at uh, kind of the underlying metrics, both from a quality of chances, from a shots, possession. I mean, you name it. It was um, kind of a soup to nuts domination um, from the good guys or for the good guys or by the good guys. Uh, so, so outside of teeing that up, what, what was your broad assessment of the game? So when I watched the game, um, uh, you know, cause it was on Sunday afternoon, I think we'd had a nice 
very pleasant afternoon with some friends. So I didn't actually see it till sort of later that evening, and I was in a in a in a reasonably good mood at the time and uh, enjoyed the game and thought Celtic were brilliant and, and that was it. And then, of course, you know, in the cold light of Dave started watching it back again. And uh, listen, I, I don't want to be the, the one that, you know, I think we, we do get stick sometimes for focusing on, on negatives. Part of that's to do with, you know, just not being cheerleady at all and trying to really sort of highlight where Celtic can improve. Um, and I don't think there's anything particularly that came out in that game Really, what I'm leading to is, um, I, 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 I'm staggered actually at how terrible Hearts were. I mean, I mean, uh, that that was a performance that I would almost have expected Naismith to have resigned after the game. It was that atrocious. It was I, I couldn't understand what they were trying to do at all. Would you would, would you characterize it? Would you characterize it as Beal esque? <laughs> well, was it as bad as Beal? Um, you know, he doesn't. It doesn't have as as good player. I mean, look, you've got a team that clearly has got virtually no pace in it, right? So, what do you do? Well, you try and do what you know. Um, I mean, the, the the team that was always to me the sort of slowest team in the league that we played in terms of players was a, was always St. Johnson. And and what what uh, Callum Davidson used to do was, of course, he he would compensate for that by at least making them really compact. So you reduce the spaces between the players, especially defensively, um, and you try and you know move forward as a team as well, and you try and build the play. Um, what you don't do is you don't have a really slow team and then bang long balls into the channels. When all season you've been easily the third most possession dominant team in the league, and you've you don't tend to racking 400 passes a game you're obviously quite a team that is used to having the ball keeping the ball so i think you know you try and do you try to do that and exert some level of control um you don't leave enormous gaps between the lines um you know there was you know and, and then you've got three forwards who seem to you know be under orders to press but neither none of them i think vargas was was okay but he kept committing fouls the other two shankland and lowry were just hopeless at pressing so it was so easy to play through the front front first three, and then it's then you're defending with seven players, and then there's an enormous gap between those three, uh, and and the uh, and the defence, and it was just so easy. It was so easy, and essentially, you're giving probably the, you know easily. Well, I say probably the best midfield in the league. You know, Hatati, O'Reilly, and McGregor. You're just giving them all the space in the world to play, and completely uh, dictate the game. So. You know, if I was Hearts, you know, you're, you know, you either push up and stay compact, or you drop back and stay compact. But you stay compact. You don't create. You don't stretch your own team, especially when you don't have the recovery pace. You don't press with forwards that can't press, and you don't bang long balls into the channels for slow forwards to chase after. Um, with the likes of you know Carter Vickers or Johnson, who just gobble, gobbled those things up. So. I had no idea what they were trying to do on the ball. I had no idea what they were trying to achieve off the ball. I thought it was a terrible performance from them. And then just basic things. I mean, the first two goals, you know, the the, the O'Reilly goal is a wonderful, wonderful uh, piece of skill. There's no doubt about that. But he just ran off the midfielder, just stopped, stopped following him. And similarly, you know, the second goal, I think, the fantastic goal. But again, the, the, whoever, uh, the Cochrane that was tracking, tracking Tati, just let him run off him. It's just basics. It's really basic defensive organisation and tracking your runners. Um, again, you know, the, the, the a big mistake to give away that penalty. Uh, Cochrane completely missed a, a long high ball. 
Um, it was just, I mean, so these those individual errors uh, were just really on top of what was system, systemically just an awful performance, an awful way that the team had been set up. And then, you know, we probably don't, I know we don't really put a lot of stock by these things, but after the game, I don't think I've seen a manager look so hopelessly out of his depth and, and defeated as Naismith looked. Uh, and, and he just sounded so unconvincing. He had nothing to say that I would have thought if I was a Hearts fan, okay, we can get behind this guy. He understands what needs to to be fixed here. I just, I, I thought there would be, and I'm sorry I'm focusing on the opposition, but they were, they were beyond abject. They really were. I've never seen a Hearts team as poor as that, that I can remember. I know we had a 7-0 one there once, but I can't remember them being as poor as this. Well, I think this one could have been a 7-0. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It wouldn't have been surprising given uh, how they set up. And th th this was always my uh, my bugaboo, which is the um, the extent with which there's this almost cultural expectation that the Edinburgh clubs are going to play in a certain way against us at home because that's just the expectation. And then it's you know, turns into this if it's not executed well or if they don't have the personnel to do it. And yeah, that would, you know, when I, when I saw what looked like uh, Lauren Shanklin playing as the number 10, I was like, well, that's interesting. That's very uh, like, you know, that's Beale-esque. <laughs> and mm. even Lauer, I mean, Lowry's had some decent games this season for them, um, but not at wing. I mean, again, what, what, what's he doing out in left wing um, mm. to your point about their midfield. So basically they played us, you know, again, these things shift. I think it was more of a four-four-two defending, but nominally a four-two-three-one in attack with Shanklin as a ten and basically two midfielders. I mean, that's in transitions they had. Well, this is it. This is the problem. I think when they, you know, the four-two-three-one is was more of an attacking shape, and most of these these things are. I would expect them when without the ball to fall back into some kind of compact shape, but they didn't. They stayed in a rigid four-two-three-one with big gaps between the lines, and it was just so easy. It was so easy to play through. Well, and that's just a, a, a stat I'll throw out. As I, I did look at their average defensive distance, which is a metric. Um, you know, whether it measures tackles, presses, duels, all that stuff, counter presses, and the average distance on the pitch. Um, and their average was, I think, 5% higher than what their season average is so far. Right. So, so they were even more aggressive positionally in doing that versus us than they have been against other teams, which, again, Maybe not hmm. a good idea. <laughs> uh, generally, and I get averages or averages. There, you got you got to look at the dispersion. But I looked at the kind of the heat map and the event map and stuff too, and it was it was pretty wild how extended they were at times without much, you know, show for it. I Meaning that it it, it was yeah. th they were almost um, cosplaying as a press. You know, they they weren't really actually functionally pressing even though they were kind yeah. of getting close enough that they could theoretically count that as a pressure. Um, but it wasn't really causing any bother. Um, yeah, it was, it was one of those. And it, it really is um, the, the lack of athleticism and pace was pretty stark. Yeah. I mean, I, we, our, so you just they want, just weren't want to, able to, one start, to close people down. One, yep. one start, James, one start is yes. We, we Celtic gave the ball away in, in their own defensive third once in the first half. So it was just, yeah. It's just ineffective, really. Yeah. 
yeah so that that's um well that i i, I agree with you that's probably the overarching um uh driver of the game was how uh because it in fairness it didn't look like it was due to us imposing onto them it was more so that seemed to be their game plan and then they didn't really adjust much to speak of <laughs> um and it certainly made it easier for us relative to you know a bunkered opponent that you know is, is disciplined and narrow that kind of thing um but yeah let so let's highlight some of the positives on the celtic side uh, obviously we you know we mentioned the uh you mentioned the brilliance of the the first goal from o'reilly and and uh, you know the ball was the, the pass was pretty good too uh so just a a, a nice uh sequence there um a lot of talk about matt o'reilly you've been um the president of his fan club since he was signed, I think was fair to say. Uh, so, so not not only yeah, his performance like, on weekend, but just yeah. generally his season so far. Yeah, I mean, I, I like intelligent footballers <laughs> and good decision makers, uh, and, and he generally is. Um, and you know, he looked so comfortable. And again, it was another one of those kind of all round performances in terms of you know defensive positioning doing his job well in terms of recoveries, um, getting his foot in when he needed to, turning the ball over when, when he needed to, winning his duels, then getting the ball forward and then also getting into the box as well. You know, he, you know, he's, I've not got through collecting all the data yet, but he's, he's you know, I, I actually, um, the Kyogo goal, if you watch it carefully, he, um, he absolutely plays that ball to Kyogo. He, he flicks it onto Kyogo. He sees he sees him because you can see his reaction as soon as his as soon as his little flick goes through the defender's leg and and reaches Kyogo. He absolutely went that. So that wasn't officially given as assist, but I'm, I'm giving that one. So another goal, another assist. He created other chances as well. So again, it's just an all it's just the all round nature of his game that is is it's not there's not one thing. Um, again, one feature of him which I've, I've not really written about, but I've talked about a little bit is. When again, when you talk about packing, the most impactful packing is taking defenders out of the game. Obviously, if you can, if you can take defenders out of the game through passes or running, and nobody takes defenders out of the game more than Matt O'Reilly does. Um, it's a feature. It's almost like he. I mean, it's, it's such a noticeable thing. It's almost like he knows. Um, you know, if I play this pass, it, it really is risk reward because if if I take a defender out of the game. Then you really are in business. You've completely disrupted the back line at that point. And um, you know he'd taken eight like eight defenders out of the game early into the second half. Now, eight to put that into context, O'Reilly, as I say, leads the squad in this ever since I've captured it, and it's normally around about two to three a game. So eight is a, is is a fantastic number for one for a single game. So yeah, listen, just just again, an, an overall overall great performance. And then you know beside him you had Tati, who again was a, a mixture of the of the brilliant and the and the awful, you know, uh, brilliant flick to set up the third goal, some lovely passes in the first half, and then again giving you know three, at least three, um, you know, pack turnovers a couple of times. He literally just passed the ball straight back, and suddenly it's like two on two at the back. Now, again, Hearts didn't have this the pace to exploit that, but if that's Griezmann or Morata, then you're you're in huge trouble uh, at that at that moment. Uh, in fact, you know, again, partway through the second half, he's up to six pack turnovers, which is just a ridiculously high number. A pack turnover is worse than just, a, it's not just giving the ball away, it's giving the ball away in such a way that you're, you've basically put your teammates out of the game. They're now 
behind the ball and can't impact the defensive shape. So it's 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 a serious a serious offence, I would say. Um, but you know, again, some beautiful beautiful touches in there. The set you know the setup for the for the second goal as well was fantastic for Maeda that run. Um, so you know, again, it's funny. It's funny how even even though you know when Hearts let Celtic play, it didn't actually change the way that the Celtic play. To your point. People still pretty much performed as as they do. You know, Maida was Maida was busy but wasteful, <laughs> as he has been. Palmer was a, a mixture again of of turning the ball away, easily giving it up, but then the odd nice moment, nice and sizable pass, um, nice change of direction. You know, so nobody performed differently <laughs> to how they normally perform, but they were just allowed to breathe, I suppose. And you know, Palmer, Hitati. Maida, if they gave the ball away, lost the ball. They knew they were going to get it back very shortly in a decent position to try and to try and create something, and, that, and that's, that's how it. And McGregor was allowed to just pretty much tick tick things along quite easily. The defence was put under virtually no pressure. I think Hearts had something like thirteen shots, but their xG was well below one, so they were just really poor quality efforts that they had. Uh, throughout the game, there was no real. I mean, I think Hart made something like five saves, but I don't even I don't remember any of them. <laughs> you see what I mean? Because it's like they were just almost like fielding the ball, you know, almost like pass yeah, back from distance something. mostly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, uh, I I looked at O'Reilly so far this season, compared him to last season, and I think there's, yeah, th- thinking about because um, uh, I, I I think uh, there were people that got down on him a lot, of, uh, not a lot, a little last season because of the lack of goal scoring um at times and maybe you know some decent chances that he wasn't uh taking and that pendulum has actually swung in a true mean reverting way so his his xg per game he's he's basically doubling it right now with his uh post shot xg and and uh goal scoring so um you know he he wasn't as bad as he looked last season and he's probably not quite as good as he looks right now in this kind of uh, short sample in in the, the season so far, but his overall, you know, from a he's definitely um, getting higher quality, higher volume number of of chances, and he's you know the finishing's been great, um, and and uh, keepers haven't been, you know, it's they've been tough. Like it, it's I think his average um, post shot xG per shot's like over 0. 0.6, which is you know unsustainably high, like great and, and incredibly high. Um, so those are tough shots for keepers to be saving and they haven't been, um, generally speaking. So that, that's, that's the, the, the positive, but the nuance, I mean, that, let's not get over our skis that he's going to score 40 goals. I mean, people aren't going to expect that, but you know what I mean? It's, it, it, he'll, there's, it wouldn't be crazy if he ends up having a stretch here where maybe some of these uh, brilliant finishes aren't quite as brilliant. Um, and then the, the other part, which I, I was actually surprised when I looked at it, um, the degree with which kind of the average chance quality on his uh, creativity has dropped. But that, I think, again, that's more so from the, um, the systemic issues. We, we, we see that across the board um, with, with, and we've talked about this repeatedly. He's uh, more, more, more of his chances are set piece chances though, because he's taking like, yeah, it, all the corners now. So, so that's, I think a big driver for that, that dropping. For that, for that, but if if uh, if he looks just at open play, it's it's down materially as well. Um, again, in, in in the spots uh, stats bomb data at least. Uh, so he's you know kind of sub point one, I think even, which you know again would be 
uh, for him. Um, and even if you just benchmark against prior seasons of uh, creative Celtic midfielders, that that would be on the low side. But again, I, I'm not to your point. You know, good example of uh, you know you, using our eyes, um, but more so just judgment, which is. I don't think that's due to his decision-making as much as um, systemic issues. Uh, Cause again, to your point on his still taking out defenders and still breaking lines and, you know, so I, and if you look at, you know, things like his turnover ratio and being dispossessed, those, those numbers haven't moved much. So it's more so I think functioning of what's going on with the system and the other players around him and the difference between that, the season and last that we've we've talked about quite a bit already. So um, at, at this point, I'm chalking that up to um, as being the material factor there. We're still, I mean, we're still we're still still in the sort of small sample stage. So, for example, right, what I just talked about there, whereby I'm I'm convinced that he played the ball through to Kyogo for that goal, and right. probably Statsbomb won't credit him with an assist for that, and that's actually Correct. a really high value chance that he yep. should have got, which that's going to deflate his numbers across the. Across all of the providers, I suspect. Whereas mine, you look, look, there'll be a disparity there. And at this stage, because it's a, again small sample, that one chance actually will, will have quite a big impact because it was such a high value chance. Hundred percent agreed. Um, mm. So yeah, and, and that's the, the other thing that jumped out at me when I um, kind of uh, debriefed on the game from uh, the match report. Um, you know, it was. Um, the degree with which you've got, you know, the, the, the center backs just completely um, manhandled the game, meaning that it was it was like a walk in the park. So they were able to rack up a lot of output and a lot of things, particularly going forward. But and I think that that was to the point of um, them not really being coherently pressured much. Um, so it was, you know, like a it was, <laughs> it was another one of those games where. Uh, Liam Scales looks like uh, uh, Beckenbauer, um, but but some of that's because of uh, <laughs> maybe who the opposition was and and how they set up the play. But we'll, we'll see if he can chase Morata around all night. <laughs> right? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But um, but yeah, it uh, the, the the one um, you know major downside obviously was the goal that they scored, um, which. You know, made a little nervy, I guess, for, for, you know, I, at that point I was actually in the car, um, listening to the, 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 the TV broadcast on my phone while driving. Um, and when I looked at the, at, at the highlights later, I mean, it was more like a, just a, wasn't really much in it, <laughs> but no, yeah, it was my, made a, I made a terrible, terrible, terrible right. error. And then the actual right. shot's a great shot because he sets it off outside the post and it just clips the post and goes in. So even though it's a long way out, I don't think any blame for Hart on that no. one. I think it's just a great, a great finish. No, yeah, and that's, I, I don't think even the scoreline reflected um, the competitive balance within the game because of that. Um, because it was, you know, kind of a, I wouldn't call it a fluky goal because it was such a great finish from uh, Shanklin, but um, yeah, pretty dreadful giveaway and then just a brilliant finish. So it wasn't, wasn't much in it as far as chance creation. Um, so they, they, they were barely in our box the entire day. So um, any, any other thoughts here? We're going to try and keep this one a little shorter today as we'll, we'll do a review on, on Thursday. So any other, other, other than just uh, 
slagging off Naismith and their <laughs> <laughs> and, and, no, and highlighting some of the, the brilliant moments from yeah. our side. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know where they go from here. I mean, like you say, it was odd that they they hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Had the, I think you know, Boyce is obviously getting older now and he's had a bad injury. So him and he's even slower than the ones that they had on the pitch, but they've been using him as that sort of number 10 that Shanklin was trying to play. But the two of them together, they're both clever players, and though they don't have a lot of pace, they link well and their their movement's good and they, they you know they're good technical players. Um so you know I, I don't understand if you're gonna ask Shanklin to do that job, why don't you just stick voice on and be done with it? Because again, you know, I know Lowry had some nice touches, but he's he's like a man down defensively. So you know Boyce will at least battle. Um, but you know, Mackay is probably the one that can cover the ground for them a little bit, and he was obviously injured. Um, I don't know who else they've got that might have a bit of pace. Oh, Oda, Oda, I think he came on, but he's a little bit quicker. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they go. But listen, it's another. You know, we don't know what the impact has been in terms of these kind of expected points type tables on Celtics. The fact that you know, the fixture list, the way it's been for Celtics so far this season. We've played all the sort of harder teams away really um but hearts i think are like down to be seventh or eighth at this moment which is absolutely shocking really um as i say if you're looking at the data and looking at that you'd, you'd sack you'd be sacked i think if you were if you were a brighton or a, or, a, or a brentford or something like that you'd be out by now get, get somebody in while you've still got a chance of you know winning the semi-final league cup semi-final but for Celtic, I think it's a good good morale booster that injuries are clearing up. So it's all it's all positive in that sense. I, I'd still like to see more cohesion. I'd like to see more consistency from the likes of Maeda, Palmer, Hitati, especially in terms of you know their attacking play. Um, there's, there's there's flashes and there's good bits, but there's quite a bit of junk as well. I'd just like to see more 
reach try and reach the level that Kyogo and O'Reilly are playing at because I think just those two are playing at such a high level it's kind of carrying the attack still a little bit having said all that you know that's two games seven different goal scorers so that's an, a nice a nice fact <laughs> yeah I, I when I, I actually put a, a, a tweet out um when the fixture list came out and um you know because at that point there was we were still in kind of the um I don't know what not the ugly honeymoon period of Roger's return. So that I think there were still uh, kind of latent knives ready to come out for him. Um, and, you know, with my assessment of the transfer window, not being really great at that point, uh, trying to manage expectations a little bit in my own little way about, you know, the first 11 games, the, the fixtures were tougher for us, almost all the, tougher games away um rangers being the opposite and said basically wouldn't be shocking if the league table was close or even rangers were ahead after the first round obviously we've gone the exact opposite direction um uh i, I don't think that's because we've been blowing the doors off performance wise uh we've been getting the results obviously but and and we've got we got a, a healthy dose of assist from uh, mickey but um i i i, I think it's interesting how much the flip to in the fixture list will stress test us now because, um, you know, because of that cultural issue of teams home actually having a go, so to speak, and they're not for the most part trying that when they come to Celtic Park. I, I wonder how we'll handle because I, as I've seen this team more and more, I get more and more if I think about kind of relative strengths and weaknesses, uh, breaking down the low block is increasingly my concern. Um, mm. And, you know, so where, whereas in, in July, I was maybe on the margins more concerned about being on um, these away fixtures. I think that was probably the wrong take. Uh, mm. and, and I may actually get more concerned about the should have been. And, and, and I think about kind of the, the competitive issues, um, you know, ha having St. Mirren and, and, Motherwell and some of these more organized, better managed teams not try and have a go, basically play in December for a nil-nil at Celtic Park and setting up that way, you know, that makes me more nervy than going to Tyne Castle versus uh, a Naismith managed team that's completely incoherent. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll see as the, as the calendar flips here and we we've, we finish out the, the first 11. Um well, let's let's look ahead to tomorrow. Then we've got uh, an easy game. Um, we're home in the Champions League, so this should be a slam dunk. Uh, we've got Atletico Madrid coming in. Um, I, I, I did look that the uh, I think the one major injury they have is Depay is is still out or is out, um, and so I th at least listed as out until I think early November, mid November. So. Again, I don't know how accurate those reports are, but I suspect he won't be playing. Um, but it just I'll, I'll give you a quick summary because I, I did do some benchmarking, looked at them. Um, right so far this season, they're I think they're fourth in the table in, in La Liga. Uh, they're kind of their underlying metrics would have them lower than that. Actually, their their chance creation hasn't been all that um, impressive as. Uh, as as they are apt to be, they are very well organized and limiting chances. They have the lowest uh, XG conceded in the league. 
Um, and basically their, their goal scoring has been excellent. They've kind of been overperforming their XG, which again, given who they have at the uh, striker position would, would not be surprising, particularly in small samples. Um, they've been playing almost a, a universally three, five, two, five, three, two, depending on home and away. Um, they're not all that, again, under, uh, their manager, they're not all that bothered about possession. Some games they'll have a lot of possession, even on the you know away, depending on the opposition. But you know they'll go go to Osasuna and have 40 percent possession and win, you know, comfortably. Um, so you know it'll be interesting, I think, how um, Rogers sets up and decides to tactically approach the game, uh, because I suspect they'll be fine with us taking possession and kind of controlling quote unquote um, possession for long stretches. If we decide to do that and it looked to hit us on the break, um, which, you know, probably wouldn't be the craziest idea from them. Uh, so that's why when, it, when, when this uh, group was, was put out, um, this was probably the, the fixture I was most worried about. <laughs> Is is Real, yes. uh, is uh, Atletico Madrid at home? Actually, not not even in Madrid. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting. Is it, any thoughts on what what those comments and uh, just generally this this matchup going into tomorrow? Yeah, I mean it's the same. I mean this is a horrible team to have to play. To be honest, um, they don't lose many goals. They don't lose many games against anybody. Um, you know, I know you, I know you say that they're overperforming an xg that's absolutely right but by by goals scored per game and um you know uh goals conceded per game they're, they're first and second in la liga at the moment 2.6 goals for not 0.9 against if they win their game in hand in la liga they're at they'll go top they'll be, they'll be top of that league um that you know they've won six in a row the last six matches they've scored 16 goals including beating real madrid 3-1 um, and all this you know after They'd spent fourteen million on not really anyone in particular in the summer. They'd sold about hundred million euros worth of talent, so they've not suddenly brought in loads of players. This is a very experienced, gnarly team, you know, who, who know how to, you know, who grind out a result and get a result. And um, to your point, you know, yeah, they're about fifty-fifty on possession on average, but like you say, they'll dominate if, if they can, and they're not bothered if they don't. Yeah, they play the sixth most number of long balls in La Liga, which I think is interesting. I think they'll look to try and get the, the pace of Morata and Griezmann, and also the the, the two wing backs are pretty rapid as well. The wing backs, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, in fact, the wing backs are, are almost completely provide them with their width. Um, this isn't going. This is going to be the completely opposite of Tynecastle. McGregor, um, <laughs> you know, O'Reilly, and Hitati are going to be in a in a forest. Of of players, you know, they, they they absolutely jam the middle of that pitch. They control the middle of the pitch. Uh, Celtic's best hope really uh, is is they don't really control the flank areas, and their fullbacks do like to bomb on. So you'd think that this is Maeda, Kyogo pulling wide, Palmer. That's really the best chance Celtic have. I think is is almost catching them on on Celtic playing on the break and catching them with diagonals or balls on, in, into the into the uh, into the full behind the fullback wing back uh, positions um you know because they, then again see they don't care if they if they feel that they need to drop deep they'll drop deep they don't feel the need to push up uh, so that if they if, if they'll play out they'll play with a sweeper out of the back three uh, if they need to as well 
because again, these are very experienced defenders, and they they find a way. So, so this is I, I think this is an incredibly uh, incredibly difficult task. Um, you know, we're not going to see lots of long balls. Uh, sorry, lots of crosses into the box. I think they're nearly last in La Liga for banging crosses into the box. So it's all going to be about um, creating quick, quick movement, quick, uh, clever passes in and around the box, especially from the the, the wing backs, the two the two centre forwards. I mean, Murata and Griezmann both have absolutely terrific movement. Their movement is is wonderful. Um, and and so you know, even though Morata's not necessarily going to sprint away from anyone, he can get he can get away from anybody over two or three yards in the box, uh, very 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 easily. And Griezmann's just a very very clever, intelligent player. So two very intelligent forwards, a lot of pace in the wide areas, good technical uh, ability in central midfield, allied to <laughs> a lot of grit and a lot of dig and a lot of strength and tackling. You know, a real chance that you know. We'll get overpowered a little bit in the middle of the in the middle of the pitch there. So yeah, this is this is going to be a really tough one. I think, in all honesty, I don't I don't see many weaknesses in this team. I mean, you could you could you could make a case for them. You know, they're genuine La Liga contenders this year, even though they haven't, as I say, particularly strengthened the squad. But we all know under Simeone, it's the power of the system, and uh, you know, bringing in players like Aspilaqueta, you know, hugely experienced, knowledgeable player that you know. Playing against a team of Celtics <laughs> standard, you know he might get exposed against Man City and the likes, but he's probably not going to get exposed that much against Celtic. But we can we can hope, I suppose. Yeah, well, and, and it's, I, I wanted to uh, clarify my comments uh, about them overperforming. One of the reasons that they're overperforming, I think, uh, is that if you if you break down their xG per shot, uh, you know we've talked about that as a as a a red flag for Celtic this season, potentially, um, meaning that we're, you know, the average chance quality that we're creating versus what we're conceding, we usually have a wide gap. You know, it's usually like 0.12 versus 0.08 or 0.07, that kind of thing. Uh, and we're more closer to parity this season uh, so far. And again, expect that'll change. But um, they're, they're basically right. I think they're second uh, from the top in their league. And I think the top one is on low volume. If it's one of the smaller clubs that maybe probably low sample size, probably just had a couple of really good chances on on the counter or something. And then um, their their average shot they concede is like to your point. I mean, in the Simeone system in just limiting chances, they you know well under point one as far as chance. Yeah, it's <laughs> they'll give you they'll give they'll give Celtic space out wide, but they'll pack the middle and, and it'll be very difficult to break to break down. Yeah, I mean they, they have no to your point, you're absolutely spot on. They've I think they've scored twenty three goals off of like seventeen XG or something. And the the conversion rate is crazy. They're converting sixteen percent of all shots. Now anything yeah. you know, ten you know the, the next highest in the league is like twelve percent. So they're just they're going no but I, I think based on only one season of evidence with Celtic last season, I think there's something where this isn't a linear thing. I think there's a thing where if you if you create, if you continually create good chances, which Postacoglu's team did, and by that I mean getting the ball to people low on, to their feet in the middle of the goal, if you keep doing that, then suddenly your conversion rate doesn't go up. It's more, it's more exponential than it is linear. Um, and therefore your shot conversion goes up. 
and you start overperforming on your XG and your XG per shot goes up and all that. And I, th- I don't think that's a pure linear relationship. I'm, I'm not a mathematician and I couldn't model it, but it's just my gut gut feeling. And I think we're seeing a little bit of that with, with Atletico Madrid this season where you think they're overperforming and is it how much of it is down to luck, but then you see that they've got a coherent way of playing and you see that the quality of the strikers is, 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 is very, very high. You sort of think, well, it's, it might not be luck. It might just be they consistently you know, create very good chances. And to your point, you know, with three central defenders that won't, they won't, they, they, they won't get dragged out <laughs> off the width of the penalty area and three midfielders who can all defend parked in front of them, they're going to be very difficult to break down. Yeah, and that's so. This, this is where I, I'll, I'll go back to um, where I began this segment of the conversation of the show. Is uh, you know, if if I, I think matchup wise, this is a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> um, and from a Rogers tactics perspective, I suspect, and even just some of his comments that he's made um, heading into this, even before the. I guess the presser will be today. I don't know if it was yesterday or it'll be today, but um, you know the the understandable respect, uh, paying homage to their their attacking talent, particularly the striker position. Um, I, I wonder if he does kind of set up to be uh, defensive and on, on margin. You know, again, he's not going to be an extremist, but um, you know, play, play more like we did at Feyenoord, um, and even though we're at home. Uh, because of the this matchup specifically, and because um, I one of the areas where because I agree with you, their back line isn't the paciest. So if you're going to try and get something off of them, and again, it's not like they're not facing this level of uh, uh, talent. Um, but on the margin, you know, Maeda and Kyogo getting in behind on the counter, if if we were able to pull them out a little bit. Um, and, and, and get in behind uh, to me, that would be the most likely um, possibility for us to get some really high quality chances. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I suspect that's probably in Simeone's head too. So maybe they'll just stand in their sides and kick the ball back and forth with neither one wanting the ball. <laughs> well, I, to be honest with you, that this is my biggest hope. I think is, is that, you know, traditionally, and again, listen, they've been to, one game via Cano and scored seven. Right? They scored three in, in 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 I think most of the last six games that they've won. That they scored at least three. So they might come at us, and that would be horrendously <laughs> worrying if they did. But if if they set up to be a sort of classic Simeone away performance of being a bit circumspect, and Rogers is a bit circumspect. You know, if it's still nil nil in the 60th minute, I'm I'm going to be pretty happy with that, to be honest with you, because <laughs> you know, because yep. then you just never know. You know, then you're down to well, football things can happen, right? And you get a free kick or whatever. Um, then my fear is that the out of character, you know, they go for it and they absolutely go at Celtics. I think that could be really difficult. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree. That that's my hope is that it's kind of a just stodgy nil nil for a long stretch and and maybe we get some mean reverting luck in our favor and uh yeah some some of their attacking output has a bad day and uh that that high All conversion the shots rate go straight at johar yeah right <laughs> or, or, or yeah. Griezmann just all of a sudden starts ballooning balls over the over the crossbar yeah. but um so yeah i i think uh the consensus is is um 
concern and and hopefully it's we keep it close uh and you know i, I think um you know it's it's a single game anything can happen so obviously we can um you know get a result with with a good performance and if they have a slightly off day but uh, yeah I'd, I'd say if both teams are fully added i'd it's it's one i'm nervous about um so any final thoughts? We'll wrap it up here right around the 40 minute mark for uncharacteristically. No, 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 no. As I say, again, conscious maybe that being a little bit negative, but again, you know, think about last season. If we were as coherently and coherently consistent in our uh, attacking plays we had were last season, then that's what we were saying every week. And <laughs> you know, say, well, you know, oh, we won four 0 Should have been six. And next week, I expect we'll win four 0 again. That's that's what the performance data was telling us this season. I think we're inching forward. And the most fascinating thing, again, for me is is really and it alluded to what you said there, James. It's how Rogers set Celtic up against this team. I think that's to me the most fascinating. I think you'll have a you'll have a plan. I think it will probably be a good plan. And I ha- I just hope we get that little bit of luck that if we stick to plan and we're performing credibly to it that we get that little bit rubber the green that I think we need and that's what Celtic need you know what most pot four teams need to get anything out of these games you do need to get that that little rub where the you know you don't get some obscure VAR penalty happen out of nothing when the ball ricochets off somebody's arm or you know you you you, you does take one of the two chances he's going to get during the game type of thing so um yeah listen we're, all, we're always hopeful and I think what Rogers does will be will be will be very interesting Okay, well, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, thanks for joining us. Those listening on podcasts, you can uh, rate and review on your favorite uh, distribution platform, iTunes or Spotify. And for those watching on YouTube, we appreciate you uh, looking at our two ugly mugs for, for 42 minutes. And uh, feel free to subscribe if you haven't already and, and get involved in the, the comments below. Um, I think we're going to be back as a threesome an erotic threesome on uh, Thursday to review the game. Uh, oh, oh boy! Oh, my nails! I got my nails now, Alan. I mean, let's go! Let's rock! Let's party! Um, and uh, nails will we'll be erotic. That's right. Uh, so we'll be back some point on Thursday to review tomorrow's game, and hopefully it's a celebratory one. Uh, so hopefully everyone gets a chance to review or enjoy the game tomorrow, um, and we will talk to you on Thursday.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.